Yo, yo, what's going on, man? It's great. Here, Mr. Bean at What's It Go Podcast, and we got Big Ash in the building, man. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So, listen, we was off camera. We was talking about a lot of business, right? So, yeah. the reason why I wanted to bring you on to this uh, podcast because you do a lot of business stuff, and I want to see more women get into the depth of business. So, of course, we got the outside perspective of things and how things look on Instagram soup it up a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like they make shit look real Over good. Top. You know what I'm saying? And make it look real easy. Well, it's not easy. You know no. what I'm saying? So I wanted to bring you on and kind of get into how you got into it and stuff like that. So for people who don't know you, how would you describe yourself? Um, so my name is Ashley. Um, I'm a makeup artist in Richmond. I've been doing makeup for about five years. It'll be going on six years actually in April. Um, I always had a interest in makeup and makeup was always the thing that I like to do um and then it got to a point where my friends were like you getting so good at it why don't you like start doing it for other people and I'm like at first I was kind of hesitant because you know there is that business aspect and you know I didn't want to take the joy out of doing something that I love to do and you have a tendency to like really do that especially when you're under pressure um and feeling and feeling like it's someone else's like perspective of criticism, criticizing, possibly criticizing your work. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm gonna just take a leap, leap of faith, and I started, you know, doing makeup. I first really started working on my friends because I have, you know, different complexions, and um, I have friends with different complexions. Yeah. <laughs> so. <She got> different <laughs> And so, um, I really just kind of just built my experience, tried to like build this, build this skill. I looked at a lot of YouTube videos and I'm pretty much self-taught. Um, I did take a few classes, but really the bulk of it was just like trial and error and really just practicing and I'm getting good at my craft. So surprisingly within that first year that I announced myself as a makeup artist, I did extremely well. And I really didn't know how many people were looking, already looking at me like this makeup guru because I used to do little tutorials of like myself um, on Instagram or on Facebook. But you know, you don't really know people are looking until, you know, I didn't really know people were looking until that time came. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna start taking makeup appointments. And it was just like, oh girl, we've been waiting for this. (laughs) So um, yeah, years later, um, I have a studio and you know, I'm just steady, steady growing just the business. That's hard. So, like, how did you, uh, okay, so you got a skill, which is mm-hmm. the makeup, but how did you turn that into a business? Like, did you already, are you, was you already familiar with business, or how did you kind of, like, turn that whole thing and monetize it? Because that would be the hardest thing I see from people, like, they got a skill, but they don't know how to make money from it. So right. Or set it up where you can actually run it and take care of them. and don't right. have to do nothing else. So right. Like, was that already in you, or how did you kind of, like, learn the business side of things? Um, so actually prior to that, um, I started my own cosmetic line and I did it while I was in college and it wasn't as successful as I would have liked it to be because it was my first really, it was my first time dabbling into like business and like the marketing, marketing is key and you know, um, it also takes money to market. And, you know, as a being a college student, you know, um, I really didn't have the funds to really market it. And, um, oh, so you started this in college? Yeah, I started oh, in college. That's dope. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I started in college, and I was make, actually making my own products. That's hard. So, like, college. in college. That's so, I was hard. doing a lot of, like, research, and, you know, I actually saw a girl here in Richmond that was doing it, and I didn't even know that it was really, like, a, like accomplishable. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shit, like, she in Richmond, you know, making cosmetics, like, you know, let me see how I can get into that. Yeah. 
And so um, with a lot of research, you know, I decided to just go out on a leap of faith and do that. And it, it did well, to, you know, in a sense that I had people buy, buy my products, you know, but on a on the larger scale of how I would have wanted it to be, it didn't turn out how I would have wanted, wanted it to be. And again, you know, it required a lot of time and how I looked at it was just like, you know, at that time as a college student, I had my own place. I was like, I need something to go pay my bills. Yeah. And I was ex I was spending entirely too much money on making the product and not really getting the profit. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, decided to stop it because, you know, it wasn't, it got to a point where it wasn't profitable for me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would say a lot of, a lot of people would actually be ashamed to like even, you know, write it up or talk about it, but it was really a learning lesson. So from that, I learned so much, and I was able to meet even through the process of process of networking. I met so many dope people that kind of like helped me um, adapt certain like skills and um, really and help really educate me yeah. on how to make a profitable business. Would you call them like mentors, or what was it? I wouldn't say they meant there they were mentors. It was just people I came through from passing and I learned something from. Networking and stuff. Yeah, networking. just by networking. Yeah. That's hard. So would you say that's super important as a up and coming entrepreneur to make sure because a lot of people they like they might look at them as competition. If we doing mm -hmm. the same thing, I might look at you as like you comp competition. But right. you didn't you didn't kinda of embrace that and network with them. How important it is to network with people that's in your field. Networking is key, um, and I always say this, you know, um, even when I know when I was thinking about doing makeup, the first response that I said to my friend was, everybody's doing it. Yeah. And I had that mindset where I felt like, you know, it was no room for me to make money, but that was the wrong mindset to have. Yeah. You know, because how I look at it is, um, even now as a makeup artist, you know, people bring, people have their own people will always have their own clientele. Yeah. You know, every makeup artist does what they do differently. Mm -hmm. You have some people that like how you do your the technique of how you do makeup. And you're always gonna have this money out here for all of us to eat. So for you to think that, you know, there's no room for all of us to make money, it's times that I'm booked and the client that usually goes to me might need to go to someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, it's times that another makeup artist may be booked and they they might need to come to me to get their makeup done. So it's definitely you know room for everybody to be successful. So this makeup, this, so I, I'm I'm blue to all this. Right. You know, people call it gray. I'm say I'm blue to it, right? Right. Because I don't really know much about it. So like this is a big field, like makeup, all that. That's a huge. That's a big. Industry. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's it's a big it's it's a big industry. Everybody, um, you got to think about it when when you have weddings. Yeah. Everybody needs to get their makeup done. The bridal party needs to get their makeup done. Um, and the bulk of actually my money comes from weddings. Because um, your weddings, you have a set, you know, usually a large group of people, large group of people, you know, in one day. Yeah. So that's pretty much that you can meet your quota depending on your pricing, you know, that weekend. Um, and yeah, people, they get their makeup done for birthday parties, um, events such as like galas, you have prom, prom is a really big one, all the prom girls get their makeup done. Um, so uh, this, this is like, so like 
I mean, I guess people get their makeup done every day, though. And people go out every day, I'm guessing. So people will book you every day. So this is not like a seasonal thing. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, I have clients that all year round. Yeah. You would think um, you have a slow moment. Yeah. And, and I've had somebody ask me, like, so what are your slow days? And I'm like, surprisingly, I wish I could call out one, but I don't really have any slow days. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> slow months. Um, yeah. Where it's just like, I mean, you got to think like around November and Christmas time. Yeah. Like, you're usually getting pictures done. Mm-hmm. You're taking pictures for, you know, the family photos. Um, I've actually had a few people get their makeup done for Thanksgiving. Um, then you have, um, you know, your fall weddings. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you think of um, New Year's, like January, February. You have Valentine's Day. You have New Year's Eve. They mm-hmm. get their makeup done for, you know, events and balls. Then for um, April, I can say, I'll say to, like, June and July. During that time, you have weddings and proms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the summertime, you know, you have weddings and then you have a lot of events that goes on because it's the summer. So, you know, people might be going to like a party or, you know, they had to have an event going on. And, you know, I would say the bulk of my clientele are a lot of professionals. So they might, you know, have an event, they're taking pictures, photo shoots, and and they need their makeup done. Yeah, that's that's crazy because it's just like, so you... So you get to, you get to wake up and just do makeup like yeah. that like that's crazy when you think about it. That's what you want to do. How does yeah. that feel to be able to get up and just do what you like want to do? It's a good feeling. Um, it's definitely you know back to the conversation how we felt how we how people feel like you know social media um shows this beautiful picture of entrepreneurship yeah. you know some people are like oh i don't want to work a nine to five where as an entrepreneur you work a 24 7. all day long you don't get a break right it's so you know um you know for me i try to i try to give myself a balance yeah. you know because uh i do i of course you know you want clientele and you want to have a you know successful business to where you're bringing in you know profit but you don't want to overexert yourself either um but it is a good feeling and the, the biggest thing is like you know you really get to create your schedule your own schedule and then when you get when you get your clientele to a certain point to where they're going to book regardless it's just like even if you take that day or that that, that day or even that week off you know that next week you're going to have clientele of course so i know you spoke about balance right and you See, I always look at it like men don't really have balance, women a little they kind of better at it to me because maybe it's because like they like a mother, so they nurturing and like dudes we not. So it's just kind of okay, like yeah. we could run ourselves into the ground, we kinda cool with that. Mm-hmm. Women kind of think about it and they like, let me just chill a little bit. So with you, like you got a boyfriend and mm-hmm. you got a family and all that stuff, you being like the boss of your situation, how do you find balance and still be a woman at the same time? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I think the entre- being an entrepreneur has allowed me to have that balance mm-hmm. to where, um, you know, everybody's uh, goal of success is different. Yeah. And for me, um, I want financial fr- freedom, but also physical freedom. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to, you know, I want to get to that point to where, you know, I do have children mm-hmm. and I do um, start, you know, a family. And like you said, you know, women, we are kind of um, that for some, yeah. you know, that that um, mother role is inevitable. Yeah. You know, you 
first, like I said, for some, you have some women who don't want kids, yeah, and some women who don't have, you know, who can't have kids. Yeah. But um, you know, for me, it's just like I want to be able to be to be attentive to my kids yeah. and be able to, you know, be present. And I feel like, you know, naturally, you said men don't really have balance, and it's because men kind of naturally have their roles providers. So, you know, you're thinking entirely. You're thinking not only do you have to provide for yourself, but you have to provide for everybody. Whereas a woman, you know, we kind of have that man as our crutch, you know, especially when children come into the picture. Um, so it's easier for us to have that balance, especially if you have a partner. And um, but that's a whole different story, you know, some people. <laughs> but, but um, yeah. So for me, kind of, you know, that balance is pr pretty easy. And I just learned to really enjoy life. Mm, how do you? So actually, thing I, I know I struggle. I'm pretty sure other people struggle with it as well, enjoying like the moments. Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking about what's gonna happen next. Right. Right. So how do you? What's some things you do to sit back and just enjoy the moment? What's some activities you might do just to kind of like take a break from work and just enjoy the moment? Um, Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> I love Netflix. Um, that's where I find serenity for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. And reading, I love reading. And what's what's one of your favorite? Give us a book that you people should read if you want to come on. Mm -hmm. Um, Fifty Cent's book, Hustle, um, Smarter Not Harder. Mm -hmm. He dropped so many gems in that book. Um, that book was amazing. Definitely, definitely a read. Um, of course, uh, The Secret. Secret yeah. The Secret is a really good book. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's another um why can't I think of think of it? Um Rich Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. That's that was a really that's good book. Story. You gotta, you gotta read that you book. Gotta read that. And it's a few other books I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but I do love um, you know, reading. And also I like self help books too. Mm. So um and I think it's important for entrepreneurs and, I, and back to kind of story, like that balance is so important because you don't want to overexert yourself. Yeah. You know, like you, for me, I think my spiritual awakening was my mother, my mother passed away. Oh, sorry. Thank you. And I realized that, you know, life was really short. Yeah. And so it kind of changed our perspective to where I, I always used to work, you know, whenever I had a family function, oh, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't go because I got to work. Yeah. You know, work was an excuse to everything. And really, in a sense, money was, was running my life. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, um, you know, in the words of Lisa Ray, you got to make the money. You can't make, let it make you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you definitely got to work, you know, work smarter and not harder. And so that's what kind of changed my perce per um, perception of, you know, where I saw myself wanting to go, especially um, in the entrepreneurial world. And that includes just not, you know, limited to the beauty industry. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's dope because I know like I, I always been like a, just a put I hate to say I put money first but in a lot of situations I did it wasn't money or survival yeah. it's like man I gotta survive I can't be doing can't go there like my no for sure my people call me I'm like, I can't come I gotta do this yeah. shit and I'm looking back and I could have just did that shit like yeah. I, you could have took 10 minutes out your day mm -hmm. to go visit your auntie yeah. you know what I'm saying or your granny or your mother and unfortunately when you do lose the people you look back and you're like, God damn it, I should have spent the little 10 minutes that mm -hmm. she called me with her. Because yeah. the money always will come and go. It's always coming. Always. You're never going to just have it and then just sit there. It's either going to lose value for mm -hmm. inflation or 
the economy, or you're gonna spend it, or you're gonna lose, or you're gonna gain it. Right. You know what I'm saying? But either way, you know, you can take your time. And I think as men, you know, we find we just always chasing chasing something. Yeah. It's like we get a thrill out of just chasing something new. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think women the same way, but y'all do have a little more like balance because again, like the mother role. So mm -hmm. I think like that nurturing thing automatically uh kind of helps y'all out. Versus us, we just looking at like, you know, we just got fucking we gotta take care of everybody. So we like yeah. we're really out of time. But it, like you said, that's super important. I noticed one thing you said you stepped out on courage with your with your business. I think fear is a big thing. Yeah. Uh for entrepreneurship, men and women. How do you uh how did you um, how, how did you get the I guess the guts to really just step out? That's big. Step out, you're in college, you're young, you could fail, mm -hmm. right? You can lose all your money. You know what I mean? Everything you're working for, how did you just kind of like step out on faith like that? Um, <clears throat> because I knew that I wanted more for more for my life at that time. And not to get too preachy, yeah. but even in college, I was working um, at the Double Tree mm -hmm. on Franklin Street. Okay. It was really my real first job. And when I started working there, I realized that, you know, really, I was just a, uh, just a bad thing. And the things that I was doing didn't spark my creative um, value. Like I knew that I had so much more to offer than just um, what I was doing in that position. So I kind of phrased, phrased it as like institutional slavery. Yeah, to where like, you know, really you're replaceable. And that feeling is not good. Like, you know, even in a relationship, you don't want to feel like you can be easily secure. replaced. You want to you be know? secure. Every woman secure. wants to feel secure. Yeah. Facts. So, like, you know, for me, that that feeling was kind of uneasy for me. And then it was just, you know, I'm making 950 going above, you know, and my 950 and still having to go above and beyond for, you know, a company that's not even mine. Yeah. So it's just like, if I'm going to go hard for anybody, it's going to be for myself. Yeah. You know, so... That's really why I took that leap of faith because it was just like, this ain't gonna cut it. Like, I can't see myself having the lifestyle that I want. And, you know, I would say the beauty about social media, if you use it correctly, is that it exposes you to um, different information, <clears throat> different people, and like, it was things that I didn't even know where it was accomplishable. I saw it on Instagram and I seen and I saw it being accomplishable. I told somebody that I told one of my little partners that my little cousin like he like twenty three or something like that, twenty four or something like right. that. I'm twenty nine. So I'm like, yo, when I was coming up, right, and we ain't that far apart, but we kinda is in social media yeah, years, right? For sure. So I'm like, when I was coming up, I didn't see no motivation. I just seen the people on my street. Mm -hmm. I seen my family and yeah. that was it. I didn't really see I couldn't get on Instagram and see somebody buy. Y'all literally right. can get up, mm -hmm. see somebody in Dubai, see somebody who been see successful things. Like you said, use social media, right? It can be a tool for motivation because yeah. ten years ago, your motivation was whoever you was around. That was it. You, you couldn't get to, you couldn't really get what a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Who you gonna, who you gonna talk to as a millionaire? Right? right. So I think nowadays the fact that you could just shoot your shot yeah. at a potential millionaire, somebody that you want to be like or work with, mm -hmm. and they want to answer. You never know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think, like you said, the beauty of social media, that's pretty dope that you use that and be yeah. effective with it. Mm -hmm. So that motivation is really, you know, 
that motivation from that situation really kind of elicited something in me that was just like, nah, like, I gotta want something, you know, better for myself. And then I saw, you know, I was still networking, so I was able to see other entrepreneurs and, you know, how their businesses were thriving and, you know, the, the moves that they were making. And it's just like, damn, that shit really accomplishable. So um, that was that was really what kind of, put, you know, led me to, to that path. That's hard. How do you feel about entrepreneurs expressing their personal opinions? Right, or so. Or even political opinions? Yeah, so it's a difference between business and politics, right? They both go hand in hand, but sometimes people, personal things get involved with how they feel about a situation. I think you should be able to express yourself. I just think you should be prepared what's going to come behind you expressing yourself. Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you don't agree with something, either you don't say nothing at all, or you, you say what you're going to say, but be prepared for your business shutdown, right? right? Because if people don't like that, and these people are patronizing your business, right? They the one supporting your business. If you say something against them, like, um, like I don't know, bro, I don't know that dude, but he said something about the abortion thing. Bruce Cafe, yeah, that's yeah. why I brought it up. Yeah. yeah, so what he said, I don't have an opinion on it, because I think most should do what they want to do, but his opinion, he's a human being, he got an opinion, but at the same time, I don't think he was prepared for what's going to come behind him saying that. Yeah. Right? So, like, if I stand on some shit and I say some shit, I'm prepared for my shit to go left. You know what I'm saying? So I just think it should be, you know, if you got the nuts to kind of say what you're going to say, you should also have the nuts to be able to deal with the back that's going to come with it. What you think, though? How do you feel about that? I would say the safe answer would be no. Yeah. Um, and I say that because, like you said, um, for a business, you have different people patronizing your business. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where, um, I guess how I would look at it is, um, of course, I want to cater to my customers. Like, you know, I have, you know, I mean, for my, for instance, my business, you know, I have men and women that they get serviced. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't want to say anything or either, not even just, you know, sexual, you know, um, sexual, sexual orientation, but it could be um, political views mm -hmm. or it could be, you know, just certain things that could be um, controversy. You know, for me, I don't necessarily want to speak on those things because I know that the, I know that the people I'm servicing have come from all different backgrounds, have all different perspectives and opinions, and I would hate to say anything and they feel as if like what, you know? And then you know, and as an entrepreneur, let's be real. Like I know how you said, you know, kind of expect um, the consequences that may happen after you saying it, but why would you even want any consequences? You know, especially if, you know, obviously if you have a business, you you know, hopefully, I'm not going to say obviously, you know, if you have a business, you're doing something that you love to do, yeah. you know, um, especially for me. And I don't want to jeopardize that because, you know, my opinion is different from other people's opinions. And we're in a world to where really, you know, it's unsafe to even share how you really feel. Yeah. And you know, the reality is like, I know that we can agree to disagree, but other people don't feel the same way. Nope. So me even knowing that other people might not think the way that I think, I'm not even gonna put myself or put, put myself in a position yeah. to even say anything. So I think the safe answer would be, you know, no. I feel like, <laughs> you know, business owners, and that's a private conversation you wanna have, feel free to, um, Speak how you feel, you know. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to putting your putting your opinion, opinion out in the forefront, 
you know, I'm not saying nobody should believe in what they believe in, yeah. but like, don't put it out. I wouldn't suggest putting it out on the forefront yeah. to where, you know, you would offend other people, especially if they're patronizing your business. Yeah, no, that's a fact. I think you make a good, you definitely make a point with that. I just think some people, you shouldn't mix personal business. That's mm-hmm. your personal opinion. That's business. You know what I'm saying? But, but it goes hand in hand, though. Yeah. I just feel like, you know. But that was a. <clears throat> I think what Bro said was personal. That's how you personally felt. That was a business. But you're concern. running your. your but, but it'll be different if you weren't the face of your business. Yeah, yeah. You know, like me, I'm the face of my business. So I represent my business. And it, it even goes down to your employees. Your employees represent your business. You know, it's definitely been circumstances where employees have acted out of character and now that whole business kind of reaps the consequences of that. Right. And so, I mean, it's hard to not mix personal and business, especially when it comes to opinions, because really, you know, they feel like you're that your business was based on that opinion. So if I'm going around saying like, oh, you know, I hate such and such, you know, people are going to be like, well, her whole business must feel that way. Yeah. You know, so I just, I just personally, I wouldn't want to put myself in that position. Uh, I think a lot of times, sometimes people may be looking for you to speak up. Like if you, I know a lot of times if mm-hmm. you're a big person in that field yeah. and the community looking at you like, you, you a top person in this field. Why are you not right. saying that? Right. A lot of people might look at, I have to say something because I am a, a leader in the community in this. Right. right. So I think a lot of people might feel like I have to say something. And if I don't say something, they're going to look at me a certain way. That's why I said it might be best for you just to leave your personal and business alone. Like, right. if you're not going again, if you're not gonna be able to deal with what's coming behind them too, yeah. you might just want to just don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you make a great point um, with it. But I know a lot of times, like, people are looking for, like, a lot of uh, racist stuff, right? If some mm-hmm. cop kills somebody or something like that, and you a leader in your community, People are looking at you like, why you not gonna say nothing? Right. But yeah. you also got, you might got white people that's your client, Spanish mm-hmm. people. You might got everybody that's your client. So do you be like, I'm gonna say something for my people? Because from a moral standpoint, you might say I got to. Or from a faith standpoint, you might say I got to. But from a business standpoint, them people patronize your shit stuff too. Yeah. So do you just be like, I'm gonna say something, but forget them, even though they do come to my bed. I think. Maybe another person's business model might allow them to say something because their business model is based off their morals and their principles, not their right. not business. So in that field, they might say I can say something because this is part of my business. You know, my morals kind of play a part in my you know my business type. Right. So yeah, but I think that's a I think that's a great thing when you when you work in your business. You know, you have your own morals, your own standards, and your own policies. How important, how important is that to make sure people in your business follow the same things? Or do they follow the same thing? You let them just do them or you kind of got to follow your, you know, your morals and stuff. Right. Um, anybody that works alongside, um, alongside me and, rep- and is representing my brand, I'm going to expect them to um, have the same set of morals and guidelines that I kind of pretty much go by. And that's really common courtesy and respect. I'm pretty sure people don't think therapy like you need therapy to run your business, but how important is that to have like your mental and tattoo run up? I think a functional, successful business. Right. Um, so just kind of reiterate what we were talking about earlier is that um, 
in order for your business to run, you have to be here. Yeah. You you know, um, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Yeah. You know, you have to have all of those things in order. Um, and sometimes that takes really dedicating, you know, time to self-care. Self-care is so important at your entrepreneur. You know, just taking off even... I try to take off even an hour out of my day to just do something that caters to me. You know, even if it's... Uh, going for a jog or if it's reading a book or if it's just watching a netflix show or if it's going to you know meet up at the bar with my girls or you know doing something that really just kind of caters to me because when you become emotionally overwhelmed you know it's hard to successfully run a business you know because you you, you become more irritable you're more agitated people are coming to you asking you questions snapping you snap and all of that really is because you're not right. You're not right. You know, mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Um. So really, just taking the time to find that balance and to really get you in order is just yeah. so important. Yeah, I think that's um, like we were saying a lot. I know when I first started, um, entrepreneurial stuff. You know, I never paid attention to my personal mental stuff like that because mm-hmm. I was like, man, that shit. I don't care about that stuff. Like, I cared about it, but not to the point where I'm going to sit down and talk to somebody about it. Right, You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I think growing up, that's just not something that's focused on my mental yeah. standpoint. My mental is my mental. Like, mm-hmm. you, you taught that, like, yo, whatever wrong you, fix it and, and move on. Like, But that's the thing in the black community, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. is that um, there's a lot of, like, feelings I put on the back burner. Yeah, And sure. um, it's so important. You know, we wonder why we act a certain way. Or we do things a certain way or and we don't realize how a lot of this stuff is internal yeah. that we're harvest harvesting like feelings you know in our subconscious that we don't even know about yeah. and it's really displaying in our emotions yeah. so you know um you know one of the things with me was patience i never really had patience until recently and um it really took me understanding like why do i have patience and really me being able to get in touch with some of the things or really some of the flaws that I had and working on them piece by piece. So let me ask you, how did you, because I'm, I'm working on patience, like <laughs> that shit is be burning me up because yeah. I don't have patience. So I'm, I'm getting better now because I have to get better, but mm-hmm. like naturally I'm not at, at being patient. What's the, thing, what's the thing you did to kind of like help you with patience? I had to come to the reality that I can't get, I can't get upset over things that I can't control. So once that set in my head, I started to have a lot more patience with myself because why am I going to get mad because this person, um, a, a U, um, UPS isn't moving as fast as I would like them. Yeah. It's nothing that I, it's nothing that I can really do about it. I can't go behind the UPS counter and be like, listen, I need this package delivered right. I can't do that, you know? And for me, I just really had to like that become a, that became a repetitive mantra in my head. Yeah. Like, I cannot get upset over things that I cannot control, yeah. and me just knowing that and under actually understanding that, you know, like if it's not in my control, it's nothing that I can do. It's no it's no point of getting upset. It's no point of you know throwing a tantrum or getting frustrated. It's just like I just have to let things naturally go as the way they are. Yeah, I think that's super big, like being able to accept the things you cannot change because mm-hmm. you can't change it. A lot of times, I know with me personally, 
it's a lot of self-inflicting wounds. Yeah. Like I might be late and I'm mad at the person that's driving <laughs> slow. Like right. you late. Like mm -hmm. how you get mad at them for driving? You was late. You know what right. I'm saying? So I think a lot of times we think about this, a lot of times we be killing ourselves mm -hmm. by doing making decisions and then trying to blame others or trying right. to blame God or trying to blame whoever. When you made that decision, mm -hmm. you thought about it, whatever you did, or you didn't think about it, but you at the end of the day you made a decision. Now you reacting emotionally by things that's come behind us that you made, but you did it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of times we need to take, uh, like, especially as an entrepreneur, because as an entrepreneur, it don't matter what happened, it's your fault. I don't know oh, yeah. if motherfucker <laughs> ain't had nothing. You weren't even there, and it's right. still your fault. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you naturally take responsibility, or if you're a leader in your family, mm -hmm. it really don't matter at the end of the day, you gotta figure it out. Because unfortunately, sometimes in our families, uh, we know, like, they not gonna figure it out mm -hmm. because they, mentally they just not there right. to figure it out for themselves. Or the situation that they're in kind of prohibits them from trying to figure it out because they are put in a situation, they're comfortable in that situation, and that's their life. Right. And they're not really gonna grow past that. And it, I mean, that's just them. But from our standpoint, we kind of leaders in our family, so we like, yeah, we gotta fix that for them. They yeah. don't really do that. But mm -hmm. we automatically just put ourselves in that. Right. So we take responsibility um, for a lot of things. And like I said, as an entrepreneur, like it's, it's your fault. Yeah. The rent due, it's your fault. You got paid. It's not mm -hmm. paid. Your employees, or you didn't make enough money, Yo, everybody still got to get paid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Something break, you got to fix that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm -hmm. it's a tad. I know we're speaking online. Like, yo, everybody, even if you don't get paid, you still got this. How important is that treating like people right in your business? Because like, a lot of times, like you said, like the money wasn't made this month to pay every to pay everything. Right. right? But your people did the work, they put the hours in, they mm -hmm. whatever they did, and you still gotta pay them. So how does that how do you deal with things like that? Um as I mentioned earlier, I feel like in in order to run a successful business, you have to invest in your employees. Yeah. Especially if you're if you're running a business that requires attention of other people. Yeah. And um if you want those employees to stay, stay, if you want to keep them happy, you have to invest in them. Sure. And that requires, you know, you, of course, financially investing, investing into them, offering incentives, um, showing them that they care for and that, and that they, and that they're wanted to be, you, and that they're wanted, especially at your company. Um, so it's very important, really investing, really investing in your employees. And I make sure that, you know, it's, it's been times where I, I haven't even checked how much money that I've made, but I make sure I pay them out of pocket, you know, or, you know, pay them and not even looking. I'm just like, it don't even matter what I made. It's that I'm making sure that I put it, put, putting, um, that I'm putting back into y'all because your time is spent, you know, and everybody should be compensated for their time. So, um, you definitely have to invest in your employees or you won't have a successful business. What do you think? So, what if a person can't afford to pay their employees? They don't make enough. What's some what's an incentive that they could do to make the people still feel wanted? I guess, mm -hmm. but they don't have the money to pay. What's another incentive that they could do? Um, in that case, you need to find people who are um, who align with your vision. Because if you have a group of people who align with your vision and can see the potential of where you're trying to go and they know that it will directly benefit them, then you'll have those people stay on your team with you. For sure. 
sure. But they have to feel like that they're following a natural leader. Yeah. They can't feel as if like, oh, um, this man don't know what he's doing. <laughs> when they feel as if they did that you know what you're doing and that you have this vision and they're just like, Wow, if I just just stick this out, then you know, I know we could go somewhere. Yeah. You know, then they will stay with you for sure. For sure. You know, um, I definitely, when I was doing the cosmetics in college, you know, I had a really good friend of mine and, you know, um, she believed in a vision. So, it, you know, even when I told her, even when I didn't tell her, you know, it wasn't paid, um, she still showed up. Of course, I still paid her, but she was just like, no, like, I'm showing up because I believe in you. <clears throat> so, if you can find people who, you know, are like that and are like-minded and who also want to achieve that level of success that they feel like you may want to achieve, then those people are definitely going to stick around. But you just got to change the group of people. No, that's definitely hard. Because there's definitely a difference of people that, like, they they understand your vision and I'm here to get paid. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got both, too. Like, honestly, I, I, I mean, I still want to get paid, though. But yeah, like, some people, they'll sacrifice the temporary stuff for the permanent stuff. Because, mm -hmm. like, if you look at a lot of stories, like, I'm pretty sure when a lot of people started out, they wasn't getting paid. Like, right. people around Jay-Z, right? When they first started out with Jay-Z, I'm pretty sure they wasn't getting paid what they make now. Yeah, So they sacrificed the, the little temporary stuff for the mm -hmm. big moment. Like you said, though, <clears throat> finding those people that understand your vision and seeing you actually as a person that can guide them and lead them there. Yeah. Because if they feel like it's, this shit going to a burning crash, I don't want to yeah. that shit. Like, about to burn up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think what you said is super important. How important it is, because... As women, is it like, because I see like a lot of women, is it competitive? Because I like with dudes, right? We, we're a team up with another dude. We don't look at them as competition. Mm -hmm. Is it the same for women? Like when it comes to your industry or do y'all see each other as competition? How does that work out? Um, me personally, I don't see anybody as comp competition. Like I said, it's room for us all to eat. Yeah. You know, um, now I can't say the same for other women. Yeah. But um, that just means that I don't need to be around those type of women. Yeah. You know, but of course, you know, um, to be great, it requires a team. So, you know, you can't do everything by yourself and you can't expect to go to the top by yourself either. So if you have a group of people and if I'm able to get a group of, you know, women who are like-minded and have the same vision that, you know, that I have, I would love to team up with them, you know, and I try to make it, make it my effort to, you know, support other women, you know, entrepreneurs because I think it's a great thing that, you know, you see a lot more women wanting to achieve a level of success and i think there's this kind of this thing like oh you know the woman is trying to be like the man or you know this kind of they feel like they're in competition with men but i just think it's you know we want to be able to be financially stable on our own you know because there might be that point you know i don't even look at it as far as um you know, I always said that even if I was to get married and my husband would tell me that 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 he didn't want me to work, I would still work. Because um, it might be a point of where, you know, not even thinking negatively as far as like us being getting a divorce, but it can be, you know, he, he could pass away. And so I need to I need to be able to now financially carry the burden of what used to be our family. You know, so I look at it from that perspective too. It's just like you never know. You know, life just throws those those balls balls from anywhere. So it's just kind of you know, um, 
I look at I look at it from that that standpoint, and I think that it's great that you know a lot of women are doing are doing amazing in any industry. Well, and first, so, if if women was competing with men, women smoking dudes right now. Like, <laughs> and women ain't smoking dude like ain't smoking them like in every category. Right. And I think it's because like women maybe been held down so long from like that standpoint, like entrepreneurship, because I. I if you look at history, mm -hmm. women history, women wasn't working. Right, of course. Mm -hmm. And then they <clears throat> transitioned over time, right? And it seemed like they're really like hitting that stride now. Only thing I don't like it is, is like, I hate when they put women against men and make mm -hmm. it seem like it's a competition. It's not really right. a competition. We both can thrive in our spaces or we can thrive together, don't really matter. So I don't like when society or really agendas per se Put especially in the black and Spanish community, black and brown community, I don't like when they put the women against the men. Right. Because when you put women against the men and women do make more than men, now you kind of like demasculate men. Because mm -hmm. for some reason, men, we our value is based on what we bring to the table. Of course. So yeah. like if we not if we can't bring enough to the table, now we feel like we're not men. Mm -hmm. So then you now you got a lot of single mother homes, you got a lot of dudes that walk out, you got a lot of dudes that's killing themselves because they feel like they're not valuable enough mm -hmm. to society. So I hate when society put that on, you know, put the men against the women or make the or make the black women or the black men kind of step on the other one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we both lifted each other up, we'd be super strong together. Mm -hmm. But instead of like, it's like they put them against each other. Yeah. That shit kind of sucks. Because like, if you keep doing that, like you're not going to have a, one gonna thrive, the other one not, mm -hmm. right? But then that's not a community, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's like that kind of suck. I don't like that. But I think women is doing their thing right now. Yeah. I think dudes do need to step it up. I just think we kind of maybe we got comfortable. You know what I'm saying? In the yeah. space, I don't know. I I'm never comfortable, but I feel like maybe from a whole standpoint, like from a from a basic standpoint, we might have come because women seem like they just keep moving. Mm -hmm. It's like dudes stagnant. There's a lot of things I think that plays a part in all of that. Yeah, of course. From a stagnant standpoint, maybe you got felonies or, you know, mm -hmm. the rules and laws may be different from certain people. Yeah. Or a lot of times when you do try to move up, something kind of pushes you back. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But at the same time, women are figuring that shit out. Yeah. And maybe we do need to sit back and be like, hey, let me see what she's doing because that right. shit is working. Mm -hmm. and what I'm doing ain't working. You know what I'm saying? And if you look at a lot of communities, <clears throat> a lot of African African communities, women ran the um community. Yeah. Right? They they ran the community pretty well. So maybe you need to put a woman as president. I don't know. Maybe you need to put them in charge and see how the world run. Well yeah. they run better because we had fifty men and them niggas suck. So maybe we need to you know what I'm saying? Maybe we need to throw right. a woman in there and see like how it affects the world. Cause like they doing something right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So how, how do you feel about that dude? Do you think, first of all, if you make more money than your dude, do you still look at him the same? And do you think like women are, they got an advantage over men in the common like society right now? Um. So if I was to make more than um, my man, I wouldn't look at him as any less than yeah. myself. You know, because of course, um, naturally, I would let him do do things to where he feels as if he can, you know, not feel as if to where he provides. Yeah. You know, of course, um, he may feel like, no, I'm gonna still pay all, you know, I'm still pay the bills. Yeah. You know, um, I'm gonna still take care of the things around the house that needs to be taken care of. So, 
um, he's still gonna feel he's still gonna be the man, yeah, regardless like of how much money that I'm, that I'm bringing or not. Yeah. <laughs> but um, now for some women, I I can't see how that might go a little over their heads, and it also depends on how much though. Yeah. You know, if this if I'm not if not. If, <laughs> <laughs> no, for, not from my case, but I'm just saying, you know, if you have a woman that's making six figures and her yeah. man is making, you know, 40, yeah. you know, for some women that might kind of be a little bit different. Like yeah. yeah. Um, but would you still, would you, would you look at him the same? If he made 40, you made two, three hundred thousand. I mean, I would <clears> because <throat> I would look at him the same because that just means that I need to give him the game. See? You know what I'm saying? Like that just means that, that that I need to invest in him. Yeah. As I know that if it was the opposite, he would yeah, invest in me. Yeah. You know, so I definitely don't look at it like, oh, like I'm I would never belittle him. Yeah. I'm gonna just put him on game, like you know, and we can make investments and do things together. Cause it it could be a point like I put him on and he just like he surpasses me. Yeah. You know, um. And especially while I've never not dated guys who are hustlers, you know, in any aspect. So, you know, whoever I'm with is definitely going to elevate. Yeah. Um, and your other question was... Do you think women got like a, a handle a up on guys right now in, in society? Yes. <laughs> I think that women are definitely favored. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um... And I think that favoritism definitely has gotten us a lot, you know, a lot longer, a lot more places, I should say. Um, just with like my boyfriend was telling me, you know, the other day he was like, yo, you being a pretty girl, like you got to, you got to advantage, you can get anywhere in life. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, facts, and get through the door, yeah. you know. Um, and for some people, it might even keep you there, yeah. but it just depends. Um, of, of course, if you, as some type of value. For sure, but it's at least gonna get you to the door. It's gonna definitely get you, you to the door. That's all niggas be wanting. I just need to get to the door. I get <laughs> yeah, to the door exactly. to talk my way in. You know right. right. Um so of course, you know, but a handsome man, you can't go into a corporate side. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, oh, oh. looking good and you know, half of the time it's gonna be another man sitting across yeah, the street. And might, unless he like that, you yeah, know, he like this you could be handsome, like, <laughs> Right. So I mean, women definitely have a you know, definitely have you know more advantage. But you know, I'm not discrediting anybody's work ethic. I think we all could work the same. We all can reach the same goals. Um, I just think that you know you have to use whatever that you're good at to your advantage. So just like how women have certain advantages, men have men have certain advantages as well. And you just have to know what they are and be able and be able to use those to your best advantage. For sure, I think that's dope, man. So I always ask everybody before we wrap it up: if if I'm down right now, I'm on my back, I'm fucked up, right? Mm -hmm. What's some advice you got for somebody to keep them going? Like when you was in your down moments, what did you tell yourself to kind of keep you motivated and going? Um, that one day I'm gonna die. Mm, you got you, man. We know we're going to die. <laughs> yeah, we're just, I, um, when you leave this earth, earth what do you want to leave? Yeah. And so for me, um, like I, like we had said, social media has exposed us to a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, wow, just seeing different countries, just being able to, you know, just travel. And um, and knowing that that's, it's accomplishable because somebody else accomplished it. So me knowing that one day I'm going to leave this earth, it's like, do I really want to leave this earth 
and regret all of the choices that I didn't make. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna YOLO. Yeah. You only live once. Yeah. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna not I'm not gonna discourage myself, you know, if I'm not where I wanna be right now, I'm gonna get there. Because I know one day that you know, if I'm trying to experience life all has to life all life has has to offer, I'm gonna have to get there by by working. And so, you know, that really is what motivates me. It's just like, no, like I wanna make sure that I make all things accomplishable my accomplishable for myself before I leave this earth. Sure, that's hard, man. What can the people follow you? How, how can we support you? Um, so you can follow me. Um, my business page is B um underscore beauties. That's B A T underscore B A U T I E S. Um, my personal is triple O G. Um, that's T R I P L E O H G E E underscore. And um, you can follow me on social media, and then also just you know support. Tell a friend who needs their makeup done, and have that friend tell another friend, <laughs> and um, come get booked. For sure, man. What's a go podcast? It was a pleasure having you. Ash, yeah. we out of here, man.